the hour of our death. Amen. Again, if the liturgy is the source and the summit of the Christian life, then if we want to be better Christians, if we want to grow in living our life as a Christian, then we think, okay, well, I need to spend a lot of time both understanding the Mass and entering into it more deeply. Hopefully, over the next four weeks, everything that Father Reuben and I say, you're going to be like, yep, I know that already. Thanks for reminding me. You know, but it's just as we've kind of reread some documents of Vatican II and reread parts of things that we've learned, it's just like, ah, just even hearing something again for the 20th time, like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. So today, what we, as Catholics, we use this word liturgy all the time. What does that mean? I mean, really, like we're tossing around this word liturgy. Liturgy comes from the Greek word, which means a work done on behalf of the people. So it's a public work done for the people. And the Christian tradition has taken that word to mean this. It is a participation in the people of God. That is us, the church, the living body of Christ. It is the participation of us in the work of God. when I think about that I really stop and think about that like okay wait time out God is inviting me to work with him it's it's awe inspiring that the eternal perfect God would invite us to work with him I think I remember as a child that when my parents, be it my mom or my dad, would ask me to work with them, I, it was such a joy and like a dignity given to me. I just remember like, oh my gosh. And, and later as I grew up, I realized, particularly working with my dad, like outside, we were building a barn and, and, and a fence. And, and I was like reflecting on that experience and I thought, you know, I slowed down the work. We had to go to the emergency room a couple of times, you know, like, this was not good. It, it, there, there were more hammers that hit the wood than hit the nail, yeah, you know. But my dad didn't say, boy, go home. Hey, stop working. He continued to allow me to do that. And the dignity that, that it gave me. And the joy that it gave me to work with my father in that way, and my mom in other ways as well too, was amazing. So to think that God is inviting us to work with him should just inspire this great gratitude and this joy in our hearts. And then, especially when we think of what is God's work, the fundamental work of God is the salvation of the world. The salvation of souls and the glory of God. That this is what God is saying. Hey, when you come to Mass, I want you to help me save souls. Really? Is that really what you're inviting me to do? Because sometimes when I come to Mass, you know, we come to Mass, we're like, all right, I want to be entertained. Father's homily better be good, you know. Otherwise, I'm going to fall asleep. And let's hope it is good, and let's hope you don't fall asleep. 
But essentially, the fundamental thing, whether it's one person at Mass, whether it's 100,000 people at Mass, whether it's a, there's beautiful music, whether there's no music at Mass, that what is happening is that we are participating in Jesus offering himself to the Father, in the Son, in the Spirit, for the salvation of the world. That this is the Paschal mystery lived out here and now, made present to us. And, and so that's kind of a little bit of a shocking thing. I mean, this is what the Second Vatican Council said. For it is in the liturgy, especially in the divine sacrifice of the Eucharist, that the work of our redemption is accomplished. And I don't know about you, but part of me, like when I read that statement, I'm like, kind of sounds heretical. Like, what's going on? I mean, are you saying that Jesus, his offering of himself on the cross was not what won the salvation of the world, that when we participate in the liturgy, that that's it? I mean, it's, it's a good question for us to ask because we do believe firmly and fully that it is Christ and Christ alone which sa- who saves us, specifically by his incarnation, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to the Father. So how can the church say that we are participating in that, in the liturgy? And there's one key point of that. Now, maybe you won't get excited about this, and maybe it's just me geeking out as a priest, okay? But it's really cool. So if we go back to the Old Testament, if we want to understand something more fully in the New Testament, we need to go back to the Old Testament to see what was the prefigurement, how was God preparing what was gonna come in the New Testament. So what happened? The Israelites had things happened, they ended up being slaves in Egypt, and they're going, well, where's God? He just abandoned us, right? We're slaves to the Egyptians. And then so the Lord sends Moses and says, hey Moses, go get my people, I wanna take them out, bring them to the promised land. And we know the, the different stories. And, but the, the, the key point there is that, that what is the ultimate thing that frees them? Where Pharaoh says, yeah, go ahead. You need to get out of here. It's the Passover. The 10th the plague. Of, God says, okay, I'm going to send my angel. And then the firstborn of the animals and of men will die unless you do this. And what is the unless you do this? Unless you do this liturgy that I'm going to teach you. And he says this. I mean, it's amazing. Like, God connects salvation, freedom from slavery for the Egyptians, I mean, for the Israelites from the Egyptians to a liturgy. He says, do this. Choose a lamb, an unblemished lamb. And then he commanded them to sacrifice the lamb. And then he says, you take the blood of that lamb, which they, they would take in a basin, and then you spread it on the doorpost of your homes, on the wood of the door, across and down. The prefigurement of the blood of Christ that will be spilled on the cross. And then he says, then you have to, not only do you have to kill the lamb and spread his blood, you have to eat the lamb, and then you also eat it with this unleavened bread. And then another key part. He says, do this every single year as a memorial. As a memorial. 
Now, what type of memorial? In the, in the Jewish understanding of a memorial, it wasn't just like, hey, we have a little like family get together, we play a slideshow, like, wasn't that cool when we came out of slavery? Look at that. Timmy was that big. Look, he's so big now. Look, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's not what happens. In the Jewish sense of a memorial, is that you, they would reenact it. They would reenact that, that Passover supper as if they, this is what they would say in, in, the, in, um, in their writings. It says, get to my notes in the right place here. Every single Jewish person, as they are living this, it, is as, it says in every generation, a man must so regard himself as if he came forth from Egypt himself. Still today, the Jews say that when they, the ones who celebrate the Passover. Every today, a person, a man and a woman, must regard themselves as if they came forth from Egypt themselves. That we too are the ones who are in slavery, and today God is setting us free. And so when we participate in the Mass, what are we doing? We are participating in the Paschal mystery. And when Jesus saved us on the cross, what did he do? Well, he did the same thing God did in the Old Testament. He connected our salvation to a liturgy. What liturgy? The Passover. So Jesus, on the night before he was betrayed, he told, it was on the Passover night, he told his disciples, go, go and prepare the upper room and we're going to celebrate the Passover together. So they're going through everything that would happen in the Passover. And we're going to talk some more about that later. I'm not going to give away all the details yet. But they're going through all of this and what's happening in the Passover supper. That, and there's a key piece that's missing. There's no lamb. And so all the people who would be celebrating the Passover with Jesus here, the disciples, the apostles, they're like, something's missing. Where's the lamb? And then Jesus does something very, very interesting. He takes the bread, the unleavened bread that's part of the Passover supper, and he says, this is my body. In the Passover, the focus is on the body of the lamb. And what does the lamb represent? The lamb represents this lamb is a sacrifice for my life in place of me. And so Jesus says, this is my body. Then he takes the chalice and he says, this is my blood. Eat and drink this. And like, okay, wait, 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 wait. We're supposed to be eating the lamb. And you're telling us to eat your body and to drink your blood. What's going on, Lord? And then the Passover is not finished and Jesus goes out and like, what's going on? And he goes to, to the garden to pray and they miss and he doesn't, he doesn't drink the final cup, the cup of blessing in the Passover. Why? Because he drinks it on the cross. And then we see that Christ is the new Passover lamb. That he is the one. And then he says, what does he say at the Mass? Do this in remembrance of me. What does that mean? Celebrate this all the time. And as if the same Jewish memorial so that when we celebrate the Mass, it's not just remembering. It is literally that we are at the Last Supper mystically. Heaven and earth meet when we celebrate the Mass. 
We are, in a sense, outside of time. How can that happen? Because Jesus is a divine person. And being a divine person, when he came in the flesh, an action that he would do would go back to the beginning of time and it would go all the way forward to the end. And so when we're celebrating the Paschal mystery, that timelessness, the mass, it, we enter into it that we're at the Last Supper, that we're at the foot of the cross, that we're at the empty tomb when Christ is risen. So that we, as the body of Christ, are participating in this offering, are literally participating in the salvation and the sanctification, not only of our souls, but of the world. This is what happens at Mass. This is what we are invited into. And so when the church says that we need to have full, active participation in Mass, the primary thing that the church is asking is that we understand what's happening. I know this is like just like a little cliff notes, and believe me, I wanted to give a 45-minute talk on this at Mass today. You wouldn't have been that excited about it. <laughs> but we're going to continue to walk through a little bit more deeply in this, and we're going to give you some more resources, hopefully that you'll be hungry to dive in, to understand what's happening, that literally God is inviting us to participate in this Paschal mystery, that Jesus is saying on the cross, Father, I give myself to you, into your hands I commend my spirit for the salvation of the world, and that when we enter in, at the beginning of Mass, we should all have this intention, Jesus, I unite my life to yours for the salvation of the world. And believe that. Believe whether your emotions are there or not, that that is what's happening. And then when we consume the Holy Eucharist, that literally we take in God's body, blood, soul, and divinity and become more conformed to Christ. So today and every day as we celebrate the Mass, let us have that intention, let us have that understanding that Jesus has connected our salvation to liturgy. And as we celebrate the liturgy, we work with him for the salvation of the world.